You're listening to Red Button. To Box 39 Red Button, our later evening conversation show here on 106.6 FM, Colne Radio. And I'm absolutely delighted that our guest in the, in the studio tonight is Tony Francis. Uh, Tony's based in North East Essex at Harwich, and he's a bit of a community polymath. He's an ex-serious crime officer. He works with police cadets. He runs a community hub working to address important problems in the area, such as homelessness, uh, drug and alcohol addiction, and he also works on historical products, uh, projects such as the 400th anniversary of the journey of the Mayflower, which took the Pilgrim Fathers all the way from here in northeast Essex to the New World of America way back in 1620. So welcome, Tony. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here on the fourth level of whatever it is, uh, <laughs> gl- glancing over the green fields of northeast Essex. Full and fertile <laughs> lands, I think you'll find they are, yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad you found your way up and that the lift was working because it's a long way up um, to climb up those stairs. 
So uh, you're very welcome here. Can make sure, of course, with this tech, this state of the art technological equipment we have here, Tony, that you keep nice and close to the microphone. Uh, you chose that last piece of music for us, didn't you? So it was by Robin Mark and called "Take Us to the River." Very, very quickly in a sentence. Why, why did you choose that piece of music? Uh, well, us Christians. Um call it worship music it's worship of god you know um i could go in the whole thing around that but um it's it's the sound it's the rhythm it's it my love uh, prior to my faith flourishing was for celtic music and that's about the closest i can come to celtic and uh, I, I, I just love the history of the celtic christians as well okay well thank you for choosing that for us and thank you for choosing for all the pieces of music in the show tonight so we'll work our way through all of those and i know you've enjoyed that uh, you've been <laughs> letting me know <laughs> you've been changing your mind and having a great time with those so thank you very much for that. now tell us a little bit about yourself tony uh your journey to essex your journey through being a serious crime officer uh, the work that you do tell us a little bit about where did it all start then Oh, where did it all start? Well, as I used to say, people used to often ask us police officers, have you always been a police officer? And I would say, no, I was a baby first. <laughs> so uh, that's where it started. Uh, my folks were South Walian. My dad was a, a, a merchant man on the ships. He was a ship's captain, a ship's pilot in actual fact. And he got a promotion from Cardiff to Harwich. And that's why the family ended up uh, as migrants to Harwich. Um, I was schooled in Ipswich for most of my schooling, then went to, to Harwich, to the, the, um, the grammar school that was there then at that time. Um, and I've found myself unable to release myself from the bondage of being a Harwich man. When I moved back this time, it was a very clear calling. Um, and I thought, how many times have I done this? And I've actually moved back to Harwich 13 times for different reasons. Goodness me. Yeah. Well, I'm from a Harwich family. Uh, from way back in the 19th century, but I've, I've never seen it as a calling. I've always tried to go the other way, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful place, Harwich. But it's, um, you spend some time then as a serious crime officer. You're not still a serious crime officer. No. Well, yes. No, yes, no. Okay. Um, I've just spent the weekend with 200 criminals, all oh, reformed. Okay. So in that sense, I am still dealing with serious crime in as much as... You know, I, I put myself in positions where I'm outreaching to people that I want to, want to change their lives in a sense. Okay. But yes, I was a, um, a crime investigator with Essex Police. Uh, okay. I was a divisional detective sergeant. And uh, at that time, the minimum um, specialisation dis- department, so you're responsible for all the crime uh, on your patch. Okay. And you, you work with police cadets still, don't you? I do, yep. And does that take up a lot of your time? I, I wouldn't say so, no. Um, I mean, we meet uh, once a week and we have, um, uh, often we have little uh, projects on the weekends and this yeah. kind of thing. So this week, one evening event um, and one Saturday morning project. A very, very fulfilling work. Fantastic bunch we've got, young people. And uh, you mentioned very briefly, uh, you're going to touch on it here, your faith. Yes, uh, where would you like to start? I've just come from a, a faith event. Okay, so um, it's very important to you then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a major yeah. part or the biggest yeah. part of your life. So yes, it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. And you've got a family? I have uh, four children. My youngest was here a couple of weeks ago, in actual fact, <laughs> and it was him that kind of yeah. kind of brought me here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, four, four adult children and eight grandchildren now. Wow, that must keep you busy. Well, it does. It just does. wrapping all those birthday presents. It does. <laughs> <laughs> and I know something you, you did say you did want to mention about, so that uh, you've re- you're in recovery. I'm in recovery from um, alcoholism. Um, 
that's that's rooted in childhood uh, emotional dysfunction let's say uh consequently I, i'm uh, well i, I kind of have to reach out to other alcoholics and addicts it's it's part of the program of recovery to do that and that's going to lead us nicely to talk about other things later in the show about the work you're doing with people like that. So that sort of makes sense to us. Now, the next piece of music you've chosen, your second piece of music, is by Freddie Mercury, Stroke Queen. Uh, some record labels have this as by Queen, some have it by Freddie Mercury. The, those were the days of our lives, the last song that he did. So tell us why you chose that one. Ah, oh, it's just... Gosh, I'm welling up already. It's a personal obituary, isn't it? He wrote his own eulogy. It's amazing. And he didn't make any fuss or bother about that. And those um, last words, I still love you. Wow. Sometimes I get to feel I was back in the old days Long ago When we were kids, when we were young Things seemed so perfect You know Days were endless, we were crazy, we were young The sun was always shining, we just lived for fun Sometimes it seems like lately, I just don't know The rest of my life's been just a show Those were the days of our lives Red button. And we welcome our special guest, 
Tony Francis. And we do. Welcome, Tony. And uh, that was Queen, our Freddie Mercury, with Those Were the Days of Our Lives, wonderful piece of music. Now, um, Tony, you mentioned you're based in North East Essex at Harwich, and you work on a number of community projects, and I suppose, uh, let's go straight to one of them, what's known as the PCT Hub. So what does PCT stand for? It stands for Piecing Community Together. So what does that mean? Tell us what that is. Uh, the concept was, you see, I mean, Harwich is, is, is a, a, a kind of an island community, really. You know, everybody knows everybody. It's a, it's a family town, you know. Um, people are related to each other. Uh, we get the mickey taken out of us about that, you know. But it is very much a family town. But it's a little bit fragmented, in my view. So there are lots and lots of good people doing lots and lots of good things. And the initial concept of piecing community together was to be able to network all those resources together so that they're working together uh, and that came out of a, a young friend of mine who works in a, a sort of a set well it's it is, it is a 7-eleven in in harwich and um he was getting people coming in there and he ended up being an agony aunt to so many people with incredibly difficult issues in their lives and it, it was upsetting him and he, he came to me and he said what can we do and I said well let's see if we can start a drop-in and see if we can resolve some of these issues so our strap line if I can just finish on this is uh finding social solutions to anti-social problems yeah oh, Social pro- social solutions for antisocial problems, and what exactly are your antisocial problems? And that's what, what 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 do we class those as? What what would they be? Well, initially, um, because of the demographic that young Jake was hooking into, it was essentially in a in a tenement block in Harwich known as Orwell Terrace, uh, declining housing conditions, really poor. That area I've known all my adult life um i knew it in a dysfunctional sense should we say as a youth myself uh, uh for drug related issues and then as a police officer i had um a professional involvement with it and it has been a um a, a network really for criminality marginalization poverty drug and alcohol abuse etc etc um i think some of the private re- residents will not be too pleased with me for saying that there's some really good people living in their own private homes in there. It's a, it's, there's 13 homes there, most of which are now homes of multiple occupation, and, and many of them were in massive decline. Yeah. So it sounds quite tough. And how long ago was it that you started up the PCT Hub? Uh, it's now around about two years, I think, two and a half years. Okay. And so how are you able to... Are you able to measure your its effectiveness and, and the work that it's doing? Is it uh, beginning to cha- make changes? It's, it's actually quite hidden with what's going on. I mean, focusing on, on Orwell Terrace, which is not our sole project, um, the, the difference that's, that's happened there is that landlords are now working together. One in particular, who's a very, very good, very, very good landlord, who's become a good friend, is working with one that has had, let's call them, issues around his, his business and his, in his, the way he's conducted his business. And that has massively changed. Um, coupled with uh, the private residents are now working much more together. Essentially, the, the, the problem was the roof. It's one single roof, but of course it's in 13 units, and there were issues around who's responsible for what repairs on that roof, and it was, it was becoming like a sponge to the rain and the water, and, and that was leading to very, very serious problems. Yeah. 
and, and you've got a website, and I've been having a look on that. And, and one of the things it says on your website, it says the PCT do passive engagement patrols to help antisocial behaviour and prevent crime. So that's uh, really interesting. Tell, tell me a bit more about how they work and, and what they involve. Well, that sadly didn't succeed. Um, I, I'm, I'm just reinventing that now in Colchester and I'm getting some great support from the, the correct authorities. But essentially that was myself and young Jake going out and, and just talking to people and it was absolutely incredible. Um, some of it was, was wrong in a sense. You know, one night a 14-year-old came up to me and offered me drugs. Uh, that young lad got the sorry story of my late wife's addiction to cannabis and how cannabis actually killed my late wife. And I think that made a severe difference because that young lad then and his mate apologised to me mm. for offering offering me cannabis. Mm. Just one example of how it was working. And I'd love to reinstate it, but uh, to reinstate it, I would need the support that I'm finding in Colchester. And right. we're about to uh, engage in, in a similar thing in Colchester with, with great support. So, uh, yeah, so, you, so you're sort of learning from the, the work that you've done in Harwich and you'll bring it to a bigger, much bigger town. It's almost the other way around, really, because I've done a lot of this kind of work already in Harwich. So, for example, I, I was a street pastor in, in Colchester um, and, and some of those skills, it, you know, it's passive engagement as a street yeah. pastor, very much passive engagement, but it's very Christian and, and so a lot of the language has to be the Christianese, you know. Right, okay. I, I didn't... Harwich is not suitable for that kind of approach. Harwich is, is a bit of a harder rock to crack in that sense. Um, so it, it needs... You need to be all things to all men. Yeah. And you need to be able to speak a different language there. And that was occurring. And, and I would, as I say, I'd love to restart the, the passive engagement patrols. And there's, there's every possibility that that might happen. And you mentioned you work with your, uh, your colleague, Jake. But there must be others that you work with. Are they centred around your, your church? or? Uh, yes and no. Um, we do, we, 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 we're an open door to people with any sort of antisocial problem. So I, I, I ran the, the drop-in tonight. We had one lady come. Um, she's got specific ish, issues and she left with advice and she left with having been encouraged, etc., etc. Um, and that's how we operate. So it's whatever comes through the door, yeah. we are diverse enough uh, to engage with whatever that problem is. I mean, one of, the, one of our real successes is Dad United for Children. And yeah. Perhaps we need to... We'll talk about that later, okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Before we get on to that, let's go back to the music. And the third piece of music that you chose uh, from the wonderful Diana Ross, and this song's called Touch Me in the Morning. So what's the story behind that one, Tony? Well, you know, very sadly, after 31 years of being with the mother of my children, that ended. Um... But really, this was our song. Tell me 
Struth here. Margaret, my wingman here at St. Mungo's, told me about a very special radio program on Comb, uh, Comb Radio and Spotify called Bill's Big Bag of Onions. And she said onions are 100-word short stories written by listeners and combined with marvellous music to create a veritable Polish pea, uh, potpourri of sound. So I listened and Bill's Big Bag was bursting with original, unique bunions. Uh, onions. Yum yum. I said, that's a maze balls, Mags old girl. And she said, yes, Ralph, the onions are as tasty and delicious as my rhubarb and marmite upside down cakes. So tune in to Cone Radio on Tuesdays at 8 and Fundays, uh, Sundays at 10, or even get jiggy with Spotify or your favorite Snodgrass uh, podcast platform and enjoy a big onion with me and Margaret and her best friend, Window Cleaner Barry, who always comes around at onion time to polish her glass.
guest, Tony Francis. Yes, this is me, Bill Lawrence, here in the Box 39 Red Button Studio, high up on uh, the fourth floor of the mighty, shiny Colne Radio Towers. So, Tony, you've chosen that last piece of music we heard as well, which came after Dinah Ross. That's now Sydney Youngblood, and it's called If Only I Could. So what was the reason for choosing that? Well, firstly, I think the bloke should have changed his name and he'd have been more of a star. What a name, Sydney Youngblood. Anyway, but that's not the reason I chose it. Um, the, the reason I chose it is the butterfly effect. So the butterfly flaps its wings in the, in the deep in the jungle and that has an effect worldwide, a great concept. Uh, the second reason, and probably the most important reason, is a tribute to my former colleague, Justin, Justin Fairweather. We worked as uh, community zone wardens together for culture to borough council and he would always dig me in the ribs when i was going out to change the world by saying to me off to change the world then are we tony oh well more meaning and we all love justin here (laughs) he's the station manager so he's he's the big boss so okay so thank you very much for that great piece of music we were just having a conversation there's a few few of us in the studio what other sydneys are there that have had records and bob's here with me bob well sid vicious came to mind of the sex pistols and you chose uh, one of the great comedy duos of our well, times. Yeah, I'm not sure if Little and Large were ever in the charts, but there was dear old Sid Little. Yeah, I can't think of any other Sids. Can you think of any more? Uh... Well, Sid James comes to mind, but I don't think he ever sang. <laughs> no. I don't. Well, he might have been a good singer, we don't know. Maybe the bath. Anyway. We're here with Tony, and this show's about Tony and uh, our special guest, based in North East Essex at Harwich, although he's uh, very familiar with this part of the world, and he is a bit of a community polymath. Uh, he's, you know, he does a lot of work in the community, and one of the main areas, Tony, that I want to talk about with you is your, your work, your projects, your interest, uh, and your involvement in our local community with the homeless. So... Could we just start off by that, by just, just so we all, and uh, you know, it's clear to me, what, what do you mean by people that are homeless? Yeah, uh, th- there is significant categories, really, um, and, and every case is, is different. Um, and, of course, we are in danger with homeless people, marginalised people, of wanting to help, but the help not being focused correctly, in a sense. 
I coined the phrase a little while ago, it's completely my own, of putting a, an elastoplast on a leper. So it's the worst thing you can do is put an elastoplast on a leper to heal their wounds. Um, so, you know, for example, if we tip some money into uh, an apparent homeless person, and I, you know, that's, I, I use that term uh, deliberately because very often those begging on the street are not homeless, uh, but in any event, if we tip money in there, we can in some instances be just as well cutting out the middleman, cutting out the Colombian drug cartel and sticking the needle straight in their arm for them. So there is that element. That element actually focuses down the, the sort of charity tra- chain to uh, the likes of the, the addict that will appeal to some of the fantastic prov- providers, uh, for example... A real example of a man, an addict that I work with, um, trying to get on top of his addiction, um, asking for a TV, getting the TV and the TV to get sold and, and a bag of heroin is purchased. Um, going, going more specifically to, to the homeless issue, there, there are the categories, so there is entrenched homelessness. There's entrenched homelessness with people that have got such severe mental health problems that they can't get themselves out of the situation. They feel they don't deserve uh, a, a decent home. There are um, what you might call the, re- the repeat homelessness. There's one in Colchester that I, I've known this man for 40 years. He's been domicile, he's been provided with a home, but his addiction, which is a very strange one, I can mention it without blowing his anonymity, is to scratch cards. Scratch cards destroy his ability to keep a home, that addiction. Uh, so he's he's back on the streets, and and he's come to terms with that now. So he's he's kind of remaining on the streets. Uh, we've had that uh, that type of homelessness in in Harwich. Um, a man travelling through, camping on our beach in Harwich. Um, that's what he wanted to do. He got attacked by local youths. He had his tent slap, slashed, and PCT engineered a, a replacement tent. Then you've got the sofa surfers, which are predominantly young men who fall out of relationships and they find themselves homeless because they're excluded from what was the ham- family home. Um, there are other categories. Um, should, I, should, I, should I go? Um, the, the addicts, particularly, that destroy their homes. The, the alcoholic that finally gets kicked out by the wife. And my own alcoholism was was borderline, that, that situation. Um, gosh, who else? Uh, I mean, like, you're getting the gist of, of some of the it's issues. A, it's a very complicated uh, set of issues, isn't well, it? Well, the human, the human condition is complex, yeah, you know, and, yeah. um, and you have to cater for each one. We had a, oh yeah, another, another one, entrenched homelessness. Again, uh, a couple living on the beach in Harwich, and they'd been there for quite a few years. and. Yeah. Her health declined, she needed housing, so she got housing, but he chose to stay on the beach. Um, you know, in, in one sense, it's, it's, it's living the dream, you know, but, but not in the depth of, of the, the beast of the East. I mean, I had a, mm, yeah. another category of man staying with me in my little cottage during the beast, the, 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 what was it, the beast from the East. Yeah. He was a, another category of homelessness, mental health issues, but a former f- professional that I'd known when he was a professional and in danger of losing his foot at the time. <laughs> so, oh gosh, yeah, yeah it's... Uh, it's uh, and are well, these predominantly local people? Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, 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 so well, yeah with, 
with only that ex- one exception of the guy that I mentioned was, who was living on the beach at Dovercourt, he was looking to get over to Holland. Um, so other than that, these are... I can't think of anyone that isn't local. Right, so it's not, it's not that people come into the area because well, <laughs> they, well, they you know are there are easier something. pickings. You or, are yeah. touching on something there, yes. Uh, the, the day provision in, in, in Colchester is phenomenal. It's very uh, good, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and that has kind of got out somehow or other on the sort of jungle drums of the homeless. So, yes, we have had that issue in Colchester, but I'm I'm very aware that the the charities have worked to kind of eradicate that, although it's it's very difficult. Um, The the former um, annual uh, provision of of, of, uh, shelter by the churches, for example, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I think it was the St. Peter's Project. Um, that was being abused by people coming to the town, you know, coming to Colchester from all over the place. And, and that had to be catered for. You have to have boundaries. You know, Jesus says the poor will always be with you, you know. He doesn't say don't handle the poor. He doesn't say ignore the poor, but he says you'll be inundated. Mm. And at the end of the day, you do have to put some boundaries in place, behavioural stuff, these sort of boundaries where their finances are limited, resources are limited, etc., etc. What's What sort of numbers are you talking about in, say, Harwich, numbers of... Not only people who haven't got anywhere, to, uh, you know, no home at all, but sofa surfers as well. This this range of people. What are we talking about? How many? Oh gosh, um, in the first year of PCT, I'm trying to remember how many we assisted with tents and redirections, um, and I think it was around 23 that we yeah. assisted. I can't remember quite. I would say that in in Harwich. With those sort of social issues, they're all social issues, but those kind of relationship breakdown issues, at any one time you must have at least 10 young men that are sofa surfing, at least 10 young men. And, of course, they're living day day by day because they never quite know when the next uh, sofa is not going to be available, (laughs) if that makes sense. And what... Oh, this is, uh, I suppose, it's the $64,000 million question. What can be done to reduce homelessness, particularly in our area? Well, it, it, is, it is a big question because you're talking about the need to break behaviour patterns. So that's what I mean about the need to no longer put a plaster on a leper. Right. Treat the leprosy, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. If the leprosy is the addiction, then treat the addiction. If the if the leprosy is is a decision to be an entrenched homeless person, then treat that. Accept that that's what somebody wants, but make it so that that the living conditions of that person are not affecting a, a social range around where they're living because of that chosen lifestyle i hope that makes sense uh, you know, yeah. i can i can give you some examples of that if you wish yeah, but it's, it's 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 so it's a very complex issue this isn't it and often people uh, think it, it can be a simple there are simple solutions but no, they're not no they're not i i mean there's 33 beds in the um in the uh, night shelter in Colchester, yeah. and they're invariably they're they're full yeah and it, you know that they're, they're doing they're doing an amazing job in there of uh, referring people and uh, trying to ensure that those people, once they've been with them uh, long enough, don't come back. 
Yeah. But a lot of them need specialist rehabilitation. And, of course, I'm working towards a, a, a rehabilitation centre in Harwich, Drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation yeah. Centre in Harwich. And the night shelter will only take them for a certain amount of time as well, won't they? Oh, that, they that's their, that is their boundary, but they're very flexible. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're incredible. Um, Marina, Marina's still running. Yeah, She's a wonderful, I, I think she, I think wonderful she does, person. Yeah. yeah. And so they do a great job there. And I know that that's well known throughout Essex, right down to places like Southend, Well, that's it? true. That's true. Uh, because it is a phenomenally well-organised and, uh, and... It is. Great thing. Yeah. 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 So uh, what can we do? Can we add homes? Can we add pods for the homeless? You know, sheds for beds? Well, again, it's a tough one. You know, um, social contracting, like it is in China, is not a good thing. But, but what do you do? Do you... You, you, you know, I, I've had a, a vision of, of having homeless people building their own homes, um, shaping that own home, if we can achieve it, to their own requirements, if that makes sense. Now, that might be, let's take a radical perspective on that, that might be a bus shelter that they want, because that's what they're used to. That might be a, a, a tent pitch that they want, because that's what they want. Uh, maybe we could progress them from, from a, a bus shelter to a tent to living in a flat, um, but, but trying to in, ensure and, and educate, if they want that, the, the, the constraints and the, and the pressures of actually engaging in society in that way, which yeah. is a difficult thing, yeah. believe it or not. It's, uh, it seems to me that uh, with, with the work people like yourselves are doing, you know, we also need quite a difference in uh, changes in, in our education of everyone, really, educating us about how we, how we even look at the, the whole issue, as well as uh, educating us in, in alternative ways in which we could move forward to help these different people. Well, you know, there's this talk about this great reset, isn't there? And, hey, why can't we greatly reset our society well, for the better well, <laughs> yeah we absolutely hope for that okay well we'll move on to your next piece of music uh, and more Diana Ross this time she's accompanied by the wonderful Lionel Richie and My Endless Love so what's the story behind that one why have you chosen that one for us because uh, I'm a flipping romantic that's why you know uh, yes uh, marriage of thir- well um, relationship of 31 years marriage of 25 which didn't Sadly, didn't work out. I've had two romances since. Uh, my late wife, Sally, was uh, an addict herself and, and an alcoholic. And, yeah, uh, we were madly in love. I've had another relationship. But, you know, both of us, we found that we needed a couple of Sherpas to carry our back baggage around. And, and it just didn't work. And that's very sad. But I remain a romantic and hopeful. Two hearts. Two hearts that beat. As one, our lives had just begun. Forever, I'll hold you close in my arms. I can't resist your charms. You mean the world to me 
Stop on the round with Top of the Hill to listen to Box 39. It will like taking radio to the top of the world. And after the music and magazine show with its eclectic mix of chat, interviews, features and the funny side of life in our community, we'd put the kettle on and have doorsteps of Red Button, the perfect later evening conversation show that follows Box 39. Get it inside you lads, we'd say. Does you good, that red button. I've never heard radio like it. Box 39 and then red button. Thursday evenings from 8 to 10 on Com Radio. It's as good today as it's always been.
Mrs. Box 39 red button. And we welcome our special guest, Tony Francis. Welcome back to Box 39 Red Button. And we've heard more of Tony's music choices there. And so that, Tony, was Whitney Houston. And I want to dance with somebody. So why is that on your list? Oh, because I do. I do want to dance with somebody. I love it. Hey, Ask Bob, my kids. Are you and, <laughs> and listen, this is not dad dancing, all right? I'm, I've got a little bit of notoriety about my. All right. Brother, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll give, give uh, Strictly a bit of a phone call, shall we? <laughs> okay. So um, now, Tony, in, in case you're not sure, I'm sure you're, uh, you've heard already, based in North East Essex. Uh, and he's a historian, he's an ex-police officer, and he's doing an awful lot of work uh, through his PCT organisation on antisocial problems and trying to come up with some solutions. And uh, I wanted Tony to talk about uh, two or three parts of the work that you do that we haven't mentioned. The first one, you're hoping to open something in Ramsey. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I was approached through a politician friend of mine to contact a man who owns a former nursing home um, at Michael Stowe Hall in Harwich. It's not the actual uh, main building, but uh, an area to the side of it. Uh, and he wants to transition that into a rehabilitation centre for drug and alcohol. And things like post-traumatic stress and looking at service, servicemen, etc., etc. So it's been, it's been about four months that we've been working at it. We've had some false starts and we've, we've both learned an awful lot. But yes, we will get there. Good. And uh, another one is something that you've had running. Uh, it's called Dads United for Children and it's described as a fellowship of men and women, fathers, mothers and grandparents who support one another with child access issues. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, um, it was it was through PCT. So, um, as I said, we, we're an open door. We, we look to resolve social, anti-social issues. And um, a lady contacted me about her brother and the situation uh, with her brother and his estrangement and all the issues around his estrangement from his, his own child. Um, and I was aware that this is a huge, huge issue. Um, where 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 um, relationships are break breaking down and, and there's children involved and it, it is just so damaging. Um, so we started DUFC Dads United for Children, um, and essentially we're looking for reconciliation. Um, I'm working with one at the moment that's it's it's at the court end. Sadly, it's at the court end. I would like to see us resolve situations before court engagement um and i'm providing all the support that the that the dad needs in respect of that but we we absolutely focus on the well-being of the child that can be to the cost of the father so in some of these cases what i find is i get a story related to me from the from the father if it's appropriate and i can i then contact the mother and i get a completely different story um and it's then about working out, well, just what is the best approach to this for the child. And, and you've kind of got to separate yourself from the issues that both parents are having. But uh, this uh, child, uh, fatherlessness in, 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 in homes is, is, is just a... One, it's a huge industry now um, in terms of the, the legal issues. Um, and that's a, a debate of, of its own. But uh, the damage it's causing to society is massive. Yeah. 
Uh, one last thing, very briefly. We're only talking you talk about you do your dancing, but you also do a bit of acting as well. The Flaming Thesps Heroes. What's that? Oh, it was great. You know, it was one of these. Um, it was another ambition around Mayflower 400, which of course was last year, and um, COVID really killed it all off. Um, it was it was fantastic. I'd never done any acting or script writing or anything, and that all came together. And we started filming the Mayflower story from the perspective of Christopher Jones of Harwich's own domestic life. So those were the personalities. In the break, we were talking a little bit about Jones's wife's father who was an incredible hero in actual fact there's a whole story around him and it was written from the perspective of Josie and Jones Christopher Jones's wife you know he goes off and he's never done this before and what sort of stresses did she go to through and you know we have a scene where she's counseled by the local vicar who has actually supported Jones going off in the Mayflower and stuff like that you know but sadly it, it sort of died with with Covid and uh, we haven't resurrected it we might we might so time is with, uh, ever, ever disappearing. Let's get in your seventh musical choice. It's from ABBA and it's Dancing Queen. So why have you chosen that one? It's just a great song and uh, it kind of reminds me of my youth, you know, and, and um, the Dancing Queens that were all around me in my youth.
So, Tony, uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you. It's been a pleasure to chat about the work that you're doing and the, all the different things that you're involved in. And it's been a pleasure also to listen to your music. And uh, we've got one more piece of music coming up from you to end the show. And it's one of a favourite of mine. Now, this is George Michael and Careless Whisper. So before we go, uh, I'd just like to say thanks again, Tony, for coming in. You're very welcome. And why have you chosen this piece of music? Because he was amazing. He wrote this when he was 16 on his bus to school. Did you know that? And when we did, they did the tribute to, to um, Freddie Mercury, he was the voice. Elton John couldn't touch Freddie Mercury. Axel, what's it, whatever his name is, couldn't touch him. George Michael did. Amazing singer, amazing showman. is a Guppy production for Colm Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. <laughs>